Welcome to this podcast, Sucre on the go. If you are hoping to stretch your retirement dollars further, moving abroad may be the answer. Living in a foreign country offers a chance to see more of the world and it can offer you a lower cost of living. This podcast is brought to you by Sucre Language Center. I am Jefferson and today we'll be talking about the benefits and challenges you may face if you are thinking about retiring abroad. Welcome and enjoy. I'm here with David and Dev. They are a lovely couple from the United States but currently living here in Ecuador. And they'll give us an insight into living in Ecuador as a retiree. Welcome Dev and David. It's nice to have you guys here. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. How have you been? Oh, we're just doing fine, living life in paradise. Sounds great. Okay, first of all, can you tell us a little bit more about you? Maybe where you are from, uh, which city you are from, about maybe your family, things like that? Sure. Um, before we moved to Ecuador, our last home of 20 years was in southern New Mexico in a small town called Las Cruces. And Las Cruces is about 30 miles from El Paso, Texas, and Ciudad Juarez. Uh, we have two daughters. One is 28 and one is 32. And they both live in the United States, one in San Antonio and one in Sacramento. And they've come to visit us several times here in Ecuador, and they absolutely love coming to visit. I'm a retired teacher and a retired lawyer. You? I'm a retired uh, telecom and advertising salesperson. That's great. Okay, um, when you think about retiring, uh, including me, I think about like enjoying time with my family, doing things I love, you know, things like that. But in my home country, doing that in my home country. And when I found out that more and more people are, are deciding to uh, retire abroad, that blew my mind. So maybe <laughs> David, why retiring in a foreign land? Well, there's an adventure side of it. Mm -hmm. There's also a very practical cost of living side of it. If Deb and I had stayed in the United States, we would never have been able to retire because what we accept, expect as a standard of living, uh, we could never get with our retirement checks. Mm -hmm. But here in Ecuador, we, our retirement checks go very far and we can live very well. Great, yeah, because I've read like, according to Business Insider, Ecuador is in the top 10 countries to retire in. But what drove you guys to retire to Ecuador? Out of other options like uh, Malaysia, Vietnam, or even our neighboring countries like Colombia or Peru? Was it like uh, you said, housing, climate, or cost of living yeah. there? Yeah, we have 
David talked about adventure. And one of the things that we wanted to do in our retirement was to travel. But on a small retirement income, you don't generally make enough money to be able to travel. So first of all, coming to Ecuador, the first step is we can take buses all over the country. Uh-huh. And that's a really, really big adventure. Second of all, we can save money every month because we collect more retirement than we need to live on. And so we can save money every month and take big trips like when we went to Bolivia and this year we're going to be going to Europe. But other than that, uh, the things that really drove us to chose Ecuador over other countries was uh, national health care. The climate is perfect. It's forever spring. Mm -hmm. Uh, The cost of living. And we chose Cotacachi because it had a small number of expats and a large number of indigenous and indigenous cultural traditions. We chose that on purpose. Uh, that's great. That's great to hear that that you are interested in our culture, the Ecuadorian culture. Um, Super interested. Yeah. And talking about that, what was what called your attention when you came here for the first time? the quality of the infrastructure. Uh I had very low expectations. I did not expect the high quality highways. I did not expect the high quality internet. I did not expect the high quality, the the brand new uh, sewage infrastructure that's through a lot of the country. Uh, The roads, we're just very impressed with how developed this country is. Mm -hmm. I mean, from my perspective, I was like bowled over that there are schools everywhere, everywhere. All the villages have schools in them. And there are beautiful brand new hospitals and not just in Quito. I mean, we live close to Ibarra. And if I take a taxi, I have my choice between private ES or free hospitals. And they're all good hospitals. That's great. And was it challenging? Uh, I mean, what were the first days like here in Ecuador? Were you nervous? Could you could you tell us something about that? Did you have I ever told you the story that we came sight unseen? Uh, no, not yet. Yeah, sight unseen. I spent about eight or nine months on the computer every single day doing about one to one and a half hours of research. Mm -hmm. And we knew about eight or nine months ahead of time that we were going to retire and we were going to retire to Ecuador. So as I was reading, I kept hearing this, I kept reading this word, cedula, cedula. I had Mm -hmm. no idea what a cedula was. And so I made lots of friends on Facebook and I kept asking lots and lots of questions about rent and cost of living and what's a cedula and how do I get a cedula and how what's a visa and how do I get one? And finally, we decided that at the moment we wanted to retire, we had just a little bit of extra money. And so we decided that since Spanish was not our first language, it would be money well spent to hire a facilitator in Ecuador to Mm -hmm. help us with our visa and our cedula. And 
We had everything before we even left the United States. Exactly. We, we had, yeah, we had our paperwork six months before we got here. Uh -huh. And our passports were stamped with our Ecuadorian visa. And we were here literally one week and we jumped on a bus. And all I know is that wherever the bus stops you in Ecuador, you can take a, a taxi. And so I told them to take me to the building in Quito where I was going to get my cedula. <laughs> and I wasn't even sure where I was going, but we went to that building and we sat for a bunch of hours and we got our cedulas and we took a taxi back to the bus station and said, I want to go to Otavalo. And they said, get on that bus. And that's all there was to it. Uh, that sounds like an, uh, an adventure. Well, even for Ecuadorians, getting our cedulas, our ID cards is like, kind of difficult. But how did you feel? I think you, feel really, you felt really happy when you got your cedulas. I did. That means that we were street legal. We were uh -huh. real people. And so every time we would go to uh, Supermaxi or we would go to Kiwi or any place, they would always say, Cedula, please. Cedula, por favor. And I would be very happy to pull out my cedula. And once we had our cedulas, then we were able to open bank accounts. Mm -hmm. And then once we were able to open bank accounts, we were able to get our U.S. retirement checks deposited directly to Ecuador. So there's no reason to go back to the United States. Ecuador wow. is nuestro país. Now's your home, Ecuador. I'm glad to hear that. Now, if living in another culture that is different from yours may be both an exciting experience, as David said, and a challenging process. Did you have someone who could explain the local culture to you or that you could confide in? Yes, we have one friend who's super, super good friend here in La Calera. Uh, and for your listeners, I don't live in a town. I live in an indigenous village. And so our very good friend here in the village is Rodrigo Flores, mm -hmm. and he is trilingual. So he can explain to me in English. He can give me some words in Spanish, and he even teaches me some words in Quechua. The indigenous language, right? Yes. So, so have you learned? Have you learned? Ah, that's right. Alichisu. That's that's good. So. Uh, as, as you said, a part of the culture is also the language that locals speak. How important or useful is it for you to speak uh, Spanish? Or in your case, also Quechua? Well, I gotta tell you, when we, you know, we obviously look different from everybody. Yeah. But when we take walks around the village, people now know us and they recognize us, even with our masks on. And so they always say two things. ¿A dónde vas? Uh -huh. ¿A vas? Every time. And then I always tell them, Ali Puncha, Ali Chishi, Ali Tuta. And they have a big, huge smile on their face. They, uh, there's, a, there's an elder woman who lives on my street, Calle Tres. And she asked me once in Spanish, how long had I lived in La Calera? Mm -hmm. And I told her at that time, it had been about three years. And she said, do you like living in La Calera? I said, oh. La Calera es mi corazón, es mi hogar, siempre, 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 hasta muerte. Oh, Jeff, if you could have seen her face 
She had a smile from here to here. The very thought that someone like us from the United States would go out of our way to live in the village. David, you feel accepted in the culture. Yes, I'm, I'm accepted. I'm, I'm different. Um, but the, the, the culture here among the people who live here, they're very welcoming. Mm-hmm. And as long as you um, are open-minded and willing to accept their customs and culture, they're very willing to give a little bit to accept that we have a slightly different culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and participate with local mingas and local celebrations. But again, we're, we're, we don't try and push it or pretend that we're part of this culture. We um, try and be open-minded and... Uh, we slide in. We slide in, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good word for it. Slide in. Did you have like, or what was your first big aha moment about the culture? when you understand finally you you got to understand something about the Ecuadorian culture I don't know in the first couple of weeks we were here I remember sending a message to another expat and I said would you teach me how to go shopping in the mercado mm-hmm. and she said yeah sure no fine no problem just meet me at the mercado and I'll teach you but have a lot of quarters in your pocket 50 cents <laughs> And so I did. I had a lot of quarters and a lot of 50 cent pieces because nobody ever has any change. Yeah. It's not going nobody. Even, We don't have change for 20 or 10 dollars. No, no. Uh-huh. And, and I never knew how to go up to the vegetable lady and say, you know, I would point, oh, yo quiero cebolla. Mm-hmm. And then they would ask me how much. And then I wouldn't know what to answer. And so my friend, Lynn, she said, always tell them 50 centavitos. So they would give me 50 cents worth of onions, 50 cents worth of mashua, 50 cents worth of whatever. Mm-hmm. So, that and so that your aha moment about the culture. That was my big aha moment, how to <laughs> shop in, in, in Ecuador. So I, I've heard that many people have, have helped you so far. Can you describe like Ecuadorian people? How are they friendly, happy, David? Yes, um, I would say in general, Ecuadorian people are very friendly and they're very welcoming. Sometimes, but also you have to be aware of culture. Um, one of the one of the um, things that I've heard is left over from the hacienda system in this country was that when the um, landowners would be communicating with the in- indigenous people who were basically serfs, um, they, those people always wanted to say yes and always wanted to agree to be on the good side of the powerful landowner patr- uh, patrons. patrons. Uh-huh. Um, the, the side effect of that now many years later is that there is a tendency among people particularly indigenous people to say they will do say that you'll say you want something done by thursday mm-hmm. and you ask them can it be done by thursday they will say yes yes and that's because it could in fact be done by thursday 
but maybe we well they don't tell you that it might also might not be done by Thursday. <laughs> they just say it'll be and so a lot of the times expats get very upset because the people said it'll be ready on Thursday and it isn't. <laughs> they lied to me. Well, it isn't really a lie. It's really a cultural difference. Mm-hmm. And there're just a lot of these little differences that you have to be aware of. In in my reading about Ecuador, one of the things that that was noted was that historically there's ex sort of Ecuadorian time and then there is German time. Mm-hmm. And the, the people from the United States and Europe tend to be more German time oriented, which is, you know, you say you're going to be someplace at four o'clock. It means exactly four o'clock. Four not, and that's just a cultural thing that people have from outside and the rest of the world spring to this country, particularly from Europe. And um, they just got to get used to it because this country plays by a different set of rules. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine if uh, someone is coming to Ecuador, even as a tourist or someone who's thinking about uh, moving here, what are some things that are going to surprise them? Or what surprised you? Amazingly, Amazingly, both of us have heard people say in restaurants, I don't understand why they don't speak English. Both of us have heard this. And so I think I think the most important thing anybody, a visitor or an expat, you have to have a basic command of Spanish. Even if you only know 500 words, You know, you have to be able to say gracias de nada. Uh-huh. You need to be able to say, you know, yo quiero or quisiera or something. You have to be able to order off of a menu in a restaurant. Um, yeah. There are many, many people in Cotacachi, Jeff, who do not speak Spanish. And the only people they deal with are other expats. And for example, They don't go to the Mercado to shop because they can't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. They just go to Tia or they go to Supermaxi. They look at the cash register. They pay the amount of money and then they go home. And then there's also the expat Mercado. Oh, yeah. And we have an expat Mercado where you can speak English. Really? I, I think that's the most important thing. You have to have a fundamental grasp of Spanish. And the other thing is you have to recognize on a very gut level that Ecuador is not your home country. For me, it is not the United States. It is not Canada. It is not Germany. And if you can set aside your expectations of the way you think things are supposed to be in your home country and just sort of be open and easy and watch and learn, you discover that Although things are different, they're actually very nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really matter if somebody shows up at four o'clock in the afternoon or at seven o'clock. Does it really make a difference? Not really. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you set your life up so that time isn't that important. When you want to adapt and when you want to be part of the culture, language is also something you must uh, at least know few words so people around you feel like i know this guy is 
want to to know more about my culture so they invite you to to i don't know to to do activities outdoors because you know a few words and you are interested you show interest in in their culture culture you know um, and respect and respect respect, yeah and respect a lot of respect you know when we do um wawa da pen at on day of the dead Mm -hmm. well i was invited not david because this was a woman's event but i was invited to go (coughs) to someone's house here in la calera and they had the the bread dough and they invited me to go make wawa da pen made some horses and some animals and they baked them for me and delivered them to the house and mm-hmm. and I consider that that's a big cultural event yeah that's a big cultural event it only happens once a year and being part of this kind of events makes you feel like you are part of the group you are you are oh, yes yeah. oh yes oh I, yes but back before the the plague um on a number of occasions I would be drinking with yeah. the, our neighbors you know with a with a with a single beer bottle and a single <laughs> glass passing around the glass yeah. passing around the puro it's something that is initially kind of revolting to a germophobic um <laughs> north american but if you think about it there's enough alcohol in the puro to kill everything <laughs> And the beer, well, you know, what's a, what's a few little germs? A, a, but it's a, a very, it's a real community building experience. Oh, um, now, switching uh, topics, maybe okay. we talk about a culture, we talk about like a little bit of the language also. Can you tell us more about the cost of living there in, in Ecuador? I mean, is it cheaper or is there anything more expensive here compared to the United States? Mm-hmm. When we first came here, the price of electronics was very, very high. Mm-hmm. Very high. Maybe triple the United States. So we would have electronic things brought from the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, cost of living we know many many people many many expats who can live on one thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. and maybe maybe one thousand two hundred um and does it cover housing food yeah everything everything yeah everything but okay. again they shop at the mercado mm-hmm. they don't shop at supermaxi they live in an apartment or a casita owned by an ecuadorian And they use buses. They don't own cars. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you're to Saradad and a bus only costs 30 cents, or if you're going to go all the way to Ibarra, it only costs 40 cents. Sure, you can get anywhere on a bus. Mm-hmm. You can live on a thousand dollars a month. Uh, rent, if you rent from an Ecuadorian, like a one or two bedroom apartment, at least in this part of the world, you can get an apartment for between $150 and $350 a month. And they're usually furnished. As a point, Jeff, as a point of reference, in the United States, we paid $2,000 a month for housing. That didn't include 
did not include any utilities, internet, any of that stuff. Nothing. That was just to the bank for our house. Mm-hmm. So that that's the difference. I think here housing is way cheaper than the United States. And as you said, transportation is also a good, a positive thing. That as you said, we can go from here, from Quito, or from any other city, and you can get to to the coast or to anywhere. The so anywhere, just by by taking buses. Right, right. right. Yeah. You mentioned that you have been to, to Quito and I think you have traveled to other cities uh, inside Ecuador. Is it Ecuador, in your opinion, dangerous? No. No. No? Straight up, no. The, the biggest difference between Ecuador and the United States is that in the United States, you should assume that anybody you see on the street is armed with a gun. Everybody. Everybody has a gun. And it just makes things very dangerous. You know, the you have so many people with so many guns. The other thing that is so nice about Ecuador is in the United States, there's hunting season. And during hunting season, if you go out in the woods and you aren't dressed in bright orange, you will be shot and killed. In Ecuador, at any time, I can hike through any of the beautiful parks here and woods here, and there's no gunfire. Nobody's hunting. Mm-hmm. I don't have to watch out. Nobody, nobody goes out hunting for deer and stuff like that, right? They don't go no, out no. wild hunting. No, no. So we no. the hunting season here. Yeah, it's it makes a big difference. So, so the people who say Ecuador is dangerous, what do they say? They say, okay, well, maybe there might be a couple of killings. A shoplifter. Um, I mean, not shoplifter, okay. pickpockets. Th- yeah, there are pickpockets. Okay, I want to just tell you, go on the New York City metro, mm-hmm. the subway, and you will be pickpocketed. You know, go in any city, east to west in the United States. I don't care. Name any city. And are people held up on the sidewalk and robbed for their watches and their wallets and things like that? The answer is yes, every single day. Every single day. Are there rape and violation of women? Every single day. Every single day. But I think in any country you have violence and uh, it depends. You have to be very careful wherever you go and watch out. I think that's very true. And when people say, oh, Quito is so violent or Quito is so dangerous or, oh, my God, never go to Guayaquil. Mm-hmm. Never. Well, you know, you don't go out in Guayaquil at midnight. You don't go to the streets that are dark. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like so- more common sense that you have to, to watch out yeah, and don't right. walk at midnight in certain places. There's there's big city common sense precautions that are the same in Ecuador as they would be in the same in Quito as they would be in London or Washington DC or New York. Uh, now, can can you tell us when was the last time you were in the US? Do you miss your country or what do you miss from from the United States? There's only one thing I miss mm-hmm. other than my children. In New Mexico, In our part of New Mexico, southern New Mexico, they used to grow, they still grow, hatch green chilies. 
Mm. It's a particular kind of chili. You do not grow it here. You have way too much rain. Uh. You need dry desert. And I miss hatch chilies. I miss I miss them a lot. We used to eat them every single day. Eggs and salsa and sometimes just eat them in the bag. So when people come from the United States, I always ask them to bring hatch green chilies. Well, so that's something. Well, you miss your chilies and David. English language bookstores, maybe uh -huh. a little bit, but that's but that's something that I don't really miss that much. Because uh -huh. um, so they do have bookstores in this country. Again, you just have to learn where they are, mm -hmm. and and of course, since English is not the primary language, there are just not that many of them that are English language. But there are two in Quito. Yeah, there there are some here in Quito. So maybe yeah. if you miss your English books, maybe you should come to Quito and you, maybe you can find right. them, right? Well, they, but we there's, actually always, have... there's always a solution for the things maybe that you don't have. Yeah, it, it sort of went from something that was se looked seemingly impossible to something that is easy peasy. Mm -hmm. So in, know... I'm talking about this, maybe, maybe there are some things that people should bring, do you think? or something that's really difficult to find here. Maybe it's related to what you just said. I told one expat coming from Australia, the only thing you need to bring to this country are the things that you use every single day. Mm -hmm. If you use a particular frying pan and a particular knife every single day, bring those two items. Because when you get here, it's going to take you some time to figure out where to get certain things. So if you bring just what you need to initially survive, once you get here, you'll figure out where to find stuff. It's true. How, how long have you been living here in, in Ecuador? Six years. Six years. What's uh, something that you learned from all these six years? Life is easy. Seriously. When my friends come here to visit, from North America, they just look around and it's like, it's amazing, Debbie. It's really, really amazing how easy everything is. Mm -hmm. We don't sit in traffic. We found everything we need. Life is easy. I, I would say the most important thing is to treat people with respect. With respect. Mm -hmm. It goes a very long way. So I think respecting is something really important. I think anywhere you go, like respecting the culture, the language, and trying to adapt to the culture also. And as you said, if life is beautiful and easy. We humans complicate it so much. But uh, to continue with, with this, are there any tips that you could give to someone who's thinking about traveling or moving here? Maybe visiting Ecuador for a couple of weeks before? Relax. 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 Mm -hmm. Don't be freaking nervous. Just ask questions. And that goes back to you really should have maybe 10 or 15 questions memorized in Spanish. Mm -hmm. But relax. If you get lo how lost can you get? Every border in this country is closed. So even if you get lost, where are you going to go? You're not going to go to Colombia and you're not going to go to Peru. Just relax and enjoy uh -huh. your time here. 
So that is a good that's message very... for, for our listeners. Just relax if you want to come to Ecuador. That's a, Just that's a relax uh -huh. and enjoy what you're doing. Thank you guys for sharing that with us. Um, and this question, I've, I've always wanted to ask you this. Uh, you know, expats are scattered all over Ecuador, depending obviously on their life, lifestyle choices, health, work, and some other things, right? But mm -hmm. why did you decide to go to Cotecache? I know you mentioned something before. Well, it was important that we go to a small town. Mm -hmm. We did not want to live in Cuenca or Quito or Guayaquil. We wanted a small town. We wanted an indigenous culture. We wanted perfect weather. Mm -hmm. And we wanted we wanted uh, good internet because I need to talk to my daughters every day. We wanted IESS, uh -huh. and we wanted to be able to live comfortably, comfortably on our retirement. Okay. And Kodakachi was right. the winner. Kodakachi yeah. was the winner. That's right. Thank you. Is there any message to our listeners or something you want to add to this? Come and visit and fall in love. Mm -hmm. Come and visit and fall in love. David? Um, many people, in including uh, our Australian friends um, who've traveled all, all over the world a lot, think very highly of Ecuador and, and particularly Cotacachi. It, it's it's a it's an amazing place we beautiful mountains where we live and but go the other direction you have a beautiful beaches go the other direction and you've got an amazing jungle you know it's there's a there's just a lot here come to ecuador and ama la vida ama la vida that's right ecuador, all you need ecuador has all the regions and a jungle it has coastal region and has highlands mountains and islands if you haven't been there you should visit also oh it's coming very soon yeah. because two days ago we got ourselves registered for the covid shots yeah as soon as we get our shots we'll be back traveling again yeah you probably won't be able to find us <laughs> <laughs> so happy i am doing this right now before you yeah. get lost thank you guys uh, for joining us today i'm really glad to to have you see you the next time okay take uh, care thank yeah, you guys thank okay, you guys bye -bye. goodbye this was jefferson serancic inviting you to listen to our other podcast and if you like it tell your friends and share it until next time <laughs>